0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join hands and Scotty G. from 10 to 2 at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, in Salt Lake City. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind.
1: Oh, you better believe it. I mean, the only thing you can say is, boom!
2: I like it.
0: <laughs> Joe Engel's coming up about uh, 8.35, so about half an hour away from Joe's visit, and Brian's already tweeting at us. Ask him why he jing- didn't jingle last night. He kept passing up good shots. Do we want to ask him that for the four hundredth time, PK? Yeah, I, <laughs> they won big. You That's know, Joe is, is. Yeah,
1: Joe has self awareness of uh, as far as what the game is going, how it's going. The, the what am I looking for? The content of the game, I guess. And so he knows that we don't really need this or that. I just got to keep the ball moving in this situation. And I think now, what I would what, what I did want to ask him though it's a couple of things my two questions off top my head and depending on and you never know where the conversation is going to go with joe that's uh, uh, last week being the one of the best examples if not the best example where we're talking about baseball and uh, he's (laughs) talking about what do you call running around running around the triangle we had no idea
0: the sandbox
1: yeah right but, and I always think when we have guests, you know, I just don't, oh, we got a guest? Well, what should I ask him? You know, I, you try to think of stuff that's pertinent and play off of you because you're going to ask him stuff and try to have some type of rhythm going on here. But my thought as far as uh, Joe, it, number one, you're 26 and 6. We all thought you were going to be good. But in your heart, Joe, did you really think you guys would be this good? Because right now you are this good. There's no question you are this good. And so with that in mind, I want to see what his answer is. And then I was wondering, as this game went on, it was clear Joe Ingles was not needed. And so was there a concerted effort and a a conscious decision, I guess, made to where Quinn knows Joe is, I think, what, 33 years old? Why extend him and play him minutes that don't really matter? In this situation, we got this thing. So I'm wondering, I think he only played 22, if I remember correctly. Uh, was that something that Quinn Snyder is thinking about? Hey, let's give him a sort of a night off, basically. I mean, certainly they weren't taxing minutes and they weren't big minutes. They were below the minutes that he's getting on average. And I'm just wondering, was that a literal decision that they made because of the way the game was going? I don't need him. Let's uh, let's have him sit down and, and take a load off his legs and all that stuff uh, and, and save him a little bit.
0: Joe's coming up, 8.35. We've got a uh, question of the day out in front of you right now. Uh, how sweet is it to hammer the Lakers under any circumstance? And obviously the circumstance involves they were missing two starters, including Anthony Davis, their second-best player. Jazz Fans it's Against like Racism honey. at Anti-Racist Jazz says it's sweeter than honey. Sweeter than honey. <laughs> so sweet I feel like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> All right. That it's is not...
1: Like maple be- oh. syrup on your pancakes.
0: <laughs> uh, we've got, we got other people. Um, so sweet I'm about to go into a diabetic coma. Don't do that. But that's pretty sweet. No.
1: Yes. It's sweet, as sweet as one of those Hallmark cards.
0: Oh, no, just sappy.
1: Yeah, my mother-in-law used to do that. There was nobody who loved their daughter more than my mother-in-law loved my wife. I got to say, she was the definition of love. I've got to give it to that lady. She's gone now. But that was, I always admired the way she loved her daughter. There's like no way I could love anybody like the way she loved her daughter. And so uh, on all occasions, she would never get a funny little goofy card. Uh, She would get these serious... uh, my life would be a failure without Ugh. your presence you make everything the best just by your eyes when they look at me you know one of those cards I, I do i do i can't so read i don't
0: them. i can't get those i told my <laughs> wife early on I, I, I can't do that i just can't you got, just laid down the law with honey. I, I just... I, just, I, I like no, it. I wasn't laying down the law. This more is the like way it's going to be, honey. Put foot down. I like okay, it. Okay, it was, it was that. And so it was if you more... want it,
1: I just want you to know you're going to be dissatisfied because <laughs> yeah, I'm right. not going to do it. it was more... I'm a man. I love you, sweetheart, but
0: I'm not doing that. I was basically trying like to A, nice. lower the bar, and B, beg for forgiveness in advance. Yeah. <laughs> That was no. Those are the two I did what you
1: were doing. I've you gotten, were setting some boundaries for
0: her. I've gotten well. I, I guess so. Sure, but
1: <laughs> yeah. And I bet you she liked it. No, I she think really, every woman likes to know where she stands she, with her man.
0: I would say she appreciated the honesty, but was disappointed in me as a human being. Right?
1: <laughs> well, no, I no. In fact, I would venture uh, to say when you told her that, let's just say she actually she appreciated. The boundary, and I think I can take it a step further and say oh boy. that was a very good night in the James household. <laughs> the Sniggledorfs were Sniggledorfing.
2: You uh, paddled on into that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with you, man knowing that women like to know their boundaries and where they can go and where they can't go. That was great. Yuck, a you, said we, we, you, you said we had to go
0: to a break early. Do we have to go to a break this early?
1: No. Why do we got to go to a break?
0: <laughs> to reset this discussion, well, obviously. <laughs>
1: this <laughs> discussion is going exactly where it should go. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> People like boundaries. They like to know.
0: Yak is pulling the ripcord for me. <laughs> We needed to go Look, at 15. I'm
1: paying you the highest compliment.
0: Uh-huh. You set the like. standard <laughs> in
1: the Sniggledorf household. <clears throat> and the great thing about it is your son saw that. So what you did is you set the standard for Sniggledorf generations from the male perspective to come and going. It's like a teacher. Their influence, his or her influence. You can't judge it because you could go on and on and on. It's like mirrors looking at each other. You know what I mean? It's eternal. Nice principle you taught. Good job by you.
0: That was before we had kids, by the way, so they weren't there to they weren't there to see it.
1: No, but you it wasn't a one off, as you like <laughs> to say. It's <laughs> it wasn't. something you did.
0: My you daughter You set
1: the standard.
0: My daughter's a teenager and as a teenager for years now, she's been looking at every gift, and then I get the side eye look of approval or that kind of look like of disappointment, like well, that's kind of you. You you could do better. And than she's
1: that. about to go out in the real world here very very soon. Yeah, yeah. and she knows exactly what to expect because of the standard <laughs> yeah. that you set.
0: She's seen the high bar set by her mother and the low bar set by her father. No, no, she's seen it and all. she will
1: know. She'll know. She'll demand to be treated the way she should be treated. This is great news.
0: Oh, I've seen it all. All right, DJ PK Joe Engel's coming up in twenty minutes. Stay with us.
3: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. George Niang right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Last year, losing to the Nuggets was really hard on a lot
2: of us during the offseason. Being up 3-1 and then having that, I don't want to say devastating comeback, but it wasn't good. I think a lot of us realized, you know, if we want to do this and all be together and enjoy the time that we have together, we're going to have to win. What is that going to take? And I think a lot of us have put a lot of thought and effort into the defensive end, and that's translated for us to be able to play fast and shoot a ton of. Threes. And I think we just all enjoy the camaraderie and being around each other. We have a really unselfish group,
3: and I think the best part about us is we don't care who gets the accolades or who scores the most points. At the end of the day, if we're winning, we're just you know happy to be on a team that we all have a good time and enjoy being around each other. Hanson Scotting weekdays from ten to two on ninety-seven five 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Anything is; those guys are they're fully healthy.
2: Um, I think Mike Conley is back to himself, fully healthy, moving. You can see the way he's moving um, out there on the floor, and uh, and it's trickled down to everybody else, you know. So you know they're playing some really good balls, a really good team. D-
0: DJ and PK brought to you part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year Special continues through February. Save a thousand dollars off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. There's LeBron James after the Jazz blow out the Lakers. If you didn't see it, the Jazz blew it open in the second quarter. That's pretty early to think an NBA game is over, but you could see how it was trending, and by the end of the third quarter, it was definitely over as the Jazz had tacked 10 more points onto their lead.
1: Yeah, they started the blowout in the second quarter, and then they put it away in the third. Yeah, I really appreciate what LeBron said there because it's obvious he has an awareness of what's going on. Mike Conley is back to himself, so that means he knew last year Well, he knew years ago who Mike Conley was. Then he knew last year there was an adjustment period that didn't go as smoothly as we anticipated. And so LeBron, over there in Los Angeles, in the middle of his NBA schedule, he still has the awareness to know what's going on. Because he called it with obviously having some knowledge. And if you listen, that's what I took from that statement, that Conley's back and he's added to everybody else and really put in a, a, a piece. And I do think what LeBron is saying there is important because now everybody knows I, I don't have to pick up for anybody. I just basically have to do my part. It's When Conley was out those six games, Joe thinking, all right, I need to do this and this, and maybe Donovan too. We need to compensate a little bit here for the loss. Well, he's back, and they are completely healthy no one's missing any games knock on wood that it continues so really the great thing about this team right now is you just do what we need you to do you don't really need to do anything beyond you don't have to compensate for the loss of this or that and we saw that statistically as i was speaking earlier in the last hour nobody had a game where you think man that was really sensational they had some moments within the game of course but in its entirety, nobody played really to where you don't think, well, heck, they could do that just about nine times out of ten.
0: Nobody scored 20 points in that game. So those moments you're talking yeah. about, Donovan, uh, that three-pointer he hit while we were actually yeah, on the phone nice. talking, and, and you're, you were just a little ahead of me. You're like, oh, Donovan's about to hit a three. <laughs> Looking like, yeah, that, that was good. Uh, but his overall numbers were, were actually poor. 416, that's a bad night shooting the ball. Um, Which is great. You know, he I'd did talk recently. It's, it's funny. Maybe we should. Turn it on. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, ask Joe about this. But Donovan said something recently where he said, Him hey, in a dunk less, save my legs, save my body. And since I read the quote, and I got to say, I didn't see him say it, so I don't know exactly when he said it. You know, I might have read it a week after he said it or whatever. But since I read it, he's had a dunk in every game, <laughs> including a massive dunk going down the middle in last night's game.
1: Well, he had to. He wasn't shooting the ball well. He knew it was on national television. These guys know, them, and it's yeah. against the Lakers. Uh, so, show what you got a little bit, sure.
0: Yeah, so, I have so, no problem with that. I made sure I watched uh, after Quinn's pregame than Frank Vogel did his uh, last night. I made sure I watched it. I want to see what he said about the Jazz. And basically, I mean, it's different, but basically he said very similar to what LeBron said. It was a little different spin in that he said well, I'm not surprised by who they are now because this is who I thought they were going to be last year. He says, obviously, it didn't work out. Conley didn't settle in right away. He got hurt. They didn't have Bogdanovich in the bubble. So it never quite came together. Now it's coming together. But no, it's not surprising because when I saw who they acquired last year, I thought mm-hmm. this was going to happen.
1: I would disagree.
0: You didn't think they were going to be this good?
1: 26-6? and six? Right. No. I agree. I did not think they'd be this good.
0: No. I agree. I didn't say all
1: along. I thought if things came together, they had a shot for the two seed. We all remember, Rob, you probably said the same thing. I know I said it. I thought that they had a shot for the two seed if things came. And I thought that was maybe a little bit bold. Not much, but a little I bit. I thought it was
0: a little bold because but, I do remember the conversation. I said, well, three, because I don't think it matters that much between two and three. But I didn't know if they could catch the Lakers right. and Clippers. And it started, we were still we were talking football because the Utes had finally kicked off and BYU had, you know, piled up a bunch of wins at that point. So they were a big story. But we were talking about it in a segment and I, I went off by gawking over how much shooting they have. I mean, they really have an unreal amount of shooters. And they're like, well then the two seed. And I'm like, Yeah, they could catch the Lakers or Clippers, but they could be really good and still not catch the Lakers and Clippers. You know, there are times that three teams run away and hide, and it almost looked like that this year, and now the Suns will see if they go with the other three or not. Uh, it's a little horse racing for you, PK, going back to your days, tagging along after your, your parents and your uncles or whoever. Um, you know, so horses start to break away from the pack, you know, who goes and who doesn't. And so it'll be interesting to see if the Suns go. But, yeah, there they are 26-6. and six. I don't think you ever predict 26-6. and six. I mean, who predicts teams are going to go out and win 80% of their games? That's, a, that's a predicting that a team's going to have a 65-win season in a, in a full 82-game season.
1: Well, I don't think you predict it unless you've actually seen
0: it. Right, after the, after the Warriors had done it and added Durant, you could predict it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And they did. They went out and won 67, I think, after that 73-win season they added Durant.
1: Right, right. That's, that's when you make that those That would be the one time you, when do you it. When you see it. And we didn't see it, but we are seeing it now. This is just incredible. And it's really, it's beyond a fluke.
0: And then the... the, the, Oh, go ahead.
1: You don't fluke yourself into that record.
0: No, you don't. Uh, The other thing Frank Vogel said, and it was such a you thing, and I knew you weren't on Frank Vogel's call because you would have texted me while the words were coming out of his mouth. He would have been your hero. Is Frank Vogel from Jersey? I don't know where he's from. Yes, he
1: is. Is he really?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so perfect. Perfect. He got asked, well, the second half of the schedule is out, and you've got eight back-to-backs. What do you think? And he said, uh, I looked at it, but I didn't look at it a long time. I really only checked the schedule to make sure we're playing all 82 or this year all 72 games. Other than that, uh, uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, PK approves of this message. New Jersey guys, he didn't want to talk schedule. Like when he got asked about the jazz, he gave this long, detailed answer. I mean, it went on and on. Nobody could have complained about it, right? He got the schedule thing and he just poured cold water on that thing and shut it right down. (laughs) Eight back to backs.
1: Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Yeah, he was born in, uh, he grew up in Wildwood, which is down, uh, down the coast, it's south. And it's right on the right on the water there, uh, so yeah, I had, I had known that that that's uh, that's where he was from, because he's been around. I think this is his third job, right? Indiana and or- Orlando, and now the Lakers. So yeah, he's got some Jersey blood in him for sure, uh, but he's right. Yeah, I mean, we what no point in sweating, especially with those guys. You got to get a million things coming at you. Why devote energy to stuff that doesn't really matter uh, in, in that. What's the point? You know, you'll yeah. you'll take them as they come because you know they're coming. So I agree with him on that. Uh, and now, if you're like thinking about worrying about stuff, you know, just basically, how long can the Jazz keep playing at such a high level? How long can they have their health? Because this is almost like it's too good to be true. So now it's start. It's now time to start worrying about things that haven't happened.
0: <laughs> you gonna
3: bar-
1: things are going so well. You know? <laughs> Have, What's around the corner? There's got to be something, isn't there?
0: <laughs> we used to have a boss, and he told me this awesome story once about it was some family gathering. I can't remember who it was, if it was his brother-in-law or was I don't know who. It was some relative. Big gathering, right? 20, 30 people, whatever. And someone starts obsessing about something that was about to happen or was coming up or something. And, and he said the grandmother, just shut it down. The grandmother was just like, there you go, borrowing trouble from the future. There's nothing going wrong in the present, so you have to go out into the future and find something that might be wrong. Yeah, Knock I it really, off. I know. <laughs> borrowing trouble from the future. I had never heard that before. And apparently it is an expression and lots of people heard, but I had not heard it before. So if you haven't heard it, feel free to use it. It's a good one. Borrowing trouble from the future. I think the thing we've learned that we know about the Jazz is they are much better than the middle of the league. They have hammered the middle of the league over and over. Now, the Lakers are the top of the league when they're healthy. But the Lakers have missed AD for 10 games, and they have a 5-5 five and five record. Without AD, they are very much the middle of the league. And we've now seen the Jazz do this to the middle of the league over and over. To see them beat someone in the middle of the league by 15, 20, or 25 is not news anymore. The question will be in the playoffs when a team has to focus in on what they're doing and the Jazz have a chance to, you know, alter what they're doing and, you know, all we know about the adjustments we hear about during the playoffs, how are they going to handle that? And how are they going to handle the pressure? And how are they going to handle the highest quality competition night after night? But you can't really get that in a regular season. You're always going to bump into different opponents in the middle of the league. And what we know for sure right now is the Jazz can crush the middle of the league. And Lakers are 5-5 five and five without AD. So for one night, or ten nights of this season, they've been in the middle of the league. If they get them for the playoffs, then Markeith Morris is probably right. It can be a very different deal then. All right, Joe Ingles is
3: coming up next. Stay with us. The Big Show, the Big Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson
0: long-time NBA video coordinator. He's Mo Dekeel with us. Your thoughts on what you've seen from this Jazz team thus far? You know, the thing that's most interesting is this is the team everybody was expecting last season. You're seeing everybody more comfortable in their roles. It's not just Mike Conley having a better understanding of the system and a better feel after his first season, but you know, Joe Ingles going to the bench was an adjustment for him last season and he's more comfortable in that role. Getting Derek Favors back has been huge. They're playing at a great level in the other thing, too, is they've just been red hot from three, and I think that's been a big thing for
3: them. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 12.80 The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up here, last hour and a half of the show, Craig Bolerjack, TV voice of the Jazz in the 9 o'clock hour. Mike Weir, on the Champions Tour now, former Masters champ. He's going to join us at 9.30. Uh, his reaction to Tiger Woods and everything we've heard out of the world of golf since uh, Tiger's wreck a couple days ago. We will talk with Mike Weir coming up at 9.30. And the Joe Ingles show. Joe Ingles at uh, momentarily. Any minute now. Whenever Yack picks up the phone, whenever the kids get dropped off. Got a lot of reactions still coming into the question of the morning. How sweet is it to hammer the Lakers under any circumstance? Obviously, they were missing two starters, and they were missing their second best player. And Jeff says, it's very sweet. I loved watching the Jazz beat down LeBron and the Lakers, despite who they're missing. Corbtree says, uh, I'm so, it's so sweet, I'm ready to buy a chocolate factory. <laughs> okay. All right, Willie. <laughs> That's right. Crabtree, Corbin, and the chocolate factory. Jim says the Jazz have got to get to the West Finals minimum. Hard to argue with that. Minimum. Minimum. Is it,
1: is it hard to argue with that, though? Suppose you get the Lakers in the second round and they're fully healthy.
0: And it'll be really disappointing to lose to them. <laughs> it'll okay, it'll be they, a massive disappointment. That's not, that's not the point.
1: You're setting a standard, so by saying they have to get to the Western Conference Finals minimum, that means anything else. You underachieved.
0: I guess you can build the scenario where the Lakers are shorthanded for a big chunk of the regular season, end up in a 4-5 series, get healthy for the playoffs, tear through it in, uh, I don't know, 18 games and go 16-2 and and win the title. And if you happen to be the team that runs in and doing the second round, I guess that looks different than the average second-round loss. It's still a bitter disappointment, but I guess under your scenario, yeah, that would look different than the average second-round loss.
1: Every playoff loss is a disappointment.
0: Yeah, some are more bitter than others, though. I mean, the Jazz have well, lost in the that's playoffs. In the
1: eye of the hold, beholder of the bitterness.
0: Yeah, but uh, yes, but I think you can still get a lot of people coming together over what are the worst Jazz playoff losses. Jordan in the finals. Absolutely. Uh Losing Game Five to the Rockets at home, and the we Rockets going to win the title.
1: Each one of them sucked, I mean so we're gonna yeah. But some which, of those are worse which than others. sucked more. And yeah, you know, whatever. The season's over, and you have your extra interviews, and you go on. The result is the same. So that's up to the individual, and as many individuals as you have. that whatever. I don't. I don't see where that matters. But I also wouldn't rule out that the Clippers get hot and the Jazz maybe come back to earth a little bit and the Clippers get the number one seed and the Lakers and Jazz are two and three. That's not beyond the realm either.
0: Could happen. I mean, I don't think the
1: number one seed is sewed up to where it's a guarantee a lot.
0: Way too many games to go. Yeah. And I don't know where it will happen in the West, but somebody in the West is going to have a major injury between now and then.
1: Well, it's already happened.
0: Right. Agreed. But I'm I'm saying there will be another major injury between now and the end of the season. And you're right. Obviously, AD's missed 10 games this year and that's impacting the lakers big time but there'll be another one there's too many games to go for you know everybody on eight teams to stay healthy all the key players
1: so there's several scenarios there well, i have to say this there's so many scenarios that it's pointless to worry about scenarios and start juggling playoff uh, positioning and it's, it's too early
0: So that's why you go with the Quinn Snyder mantra: play your best basketball when the playoffs arrive. And so every game until then is a chance to analyze: hey, we did this well, keep doing this. We did this poorly. How do we fix it? They threw this curveball at us. Okay, how do we fix this problem? That's a junior high mantra. If
1: you have any playoffs, and everyone wants to be playing their best ball in their playoffs, whatever sport you're in, I don't know that it's Quinn Snyder mantra. That's everybody would agree. He's
0: said it multiple times this year because he keeps getting everybody says it.
1: You want to be playing your best ball when it matters the most. That's an absolute no-brainer. Of course, that's exactly what you want to do. And then they'll readjust their mindsets, and everybody will when you get there at that point. So I'm not worried right now what the finished product is and start making proclamations. They've got to do this or that and then start thinking, well, if you don't do this, this is this." I'll – I'll feel – on a scale of 1 to 10, I'll feel a 7 on my disappointment meter. I mean, that's that's so far down the road. It's just pointless to even be worried about any of that stuff. So just I'm going to revel in the 26-6 and six and see how far and how long they can string out this phenomenal level of winning. Right now, they're on a two-game win streak. Well, I'm having all sorts of fun when they have a losing streak. Or not a losing streak, when they lose a game to see... How far the next winning streak can go. <laughs> you know, it's gone two right now. How far? And I, the way it's going, I'm thinking we're going to have another decent winning streak here. I mean, they could turn around and lose the next game. Miami can be a really good opponent, and really just about any NBA team can on any given night in this league. There's enough talent on all these teams to where uh, you can get it going. And someone's going to. F- Miss a game for the Jazz. I mean, I just don't see where their top nine guys are going to play the next uh, 40-some games, whatever they have left. Is it 42 games or whatever they got going between now and the end of the season? So somebody may have a – hopefully just a minor injury or maybe just an upset stomach or something, intestinal whatever. We don't hear about that. seems like nobody gets the flu anymore, but – Maybe that can happen. So there's plenty of things to, to have happen. Uh, but I'm not worried about what the final analysis Because that will take care of itself. You know the end of the season is coming, right? And so when you get there, then you'll see where you're at. But I, I, stay, I believe it's reasonable to expect a Western Conf, Conference Finals run. Sure, hope it happens. And it's, I believe it's reasonable. It's well within the realm. And I'm not completely there yet. But I'm growing closer to saying that it's well within the realm to expect an NBA Finals. But I'm not there yet. I can't, I can't say I'm at that level.
0: Okay, is that because of what you are seen on the court or because you don't want me to talk about the Nets? Because if That's you say not, the Finals no, no, are possible, the then Nets. I get to talk about the Nets.
1: Yeah, but I don't know that the Nets are going to be there. I can, and I'm going to talk about Philadelphia okay. because I spent a lot of time in the Philly. suburbs yeah. of Philly. <laughs> so, I mean, I can say that too. Uh, to me... I, I just have to see some more uh, because I didn't i I didn't have this team as an NBA finals team. So my mindset isn't of a finals team. now it's certainly a lot more on my mind today than it was uh October November that's for sure. I don't think anybody could argue that. it's become it's becoming more and more Realistic. I I wouldn't say with each game because you know there's some games you should really win and there's some games that I expect them to win even if I don't have them as a finals team. You know what I mean? They're still good enough that they should win the majority of their games. Uh, well, I think we all had them doing that. We all had them well above 500 going into the season. We just didn't have so,
0: 20 games over 500 before the All-Star break, which is no, where they oh, sitting no, right no, now.
1: No, not at all, no. So I can't say the cliche, well, I'm growing closer to changing my mindset with each passing game. I can't say that. I'm taking in more chunks, you know, maybe a week or so at a time where I can come to my mindset and say, wow, man, look at that. Like,
0: you know, they lose to Denver.
1: And then, all right, brings them back down to earth a little bit. But then when they do, they go win nine games in a row? Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, they won 11, lost one to yeah. Denver. Then they won nine in a row, and then they got beat by the Clippers. So I would have
1: never predicted after that Denver loss that they would have won nine in a row. No, I wouldn't have either. And that's just a few weeks ago. That's not that long ago.
0: But you still didn't expect
1: nine in a row. I didn't. No, you're absolutely right. I did not. So now... I'm starting to think okay let's see what they put together again. I mean what what are we going to get here? Are we going to get 28 out of 30?
0: I don't, Where are we going with know. this thing? Man? <laughs> I don't know. You know, they, after that Nuggets loss, they went and they had the four games on the road and they played the back to back, which they handled pretty well, but it took a lot out of them. And they had, remember, they had that Sunday morning game? Mm. Sunday and,
1: morning, 11 o'clock. Yeah, with Bowl the Pacers.
0: Sunday. And they really had to grind their way through the game. And it was earlier in the day. And does a few hours of recovery matter that much and all that? Well, they're going to start this road trip with back to back. How much mm-hmm. is that going to take out of them? And how are they going to handle that when they get to New Orleans and Philly? So, if you're just going to, you know, and it's easy because then you hit the break, and so then there's nothing for a week. So, if you're just going to look at these four games here before the break, are they going to go 4-0? Are they going to go 3-1? and Are they going to drop one of those first two games? Like you said, you know, Miami can have a night. I don't – we've got to check. I haven't been paying attention. They've gotten some guys back, but the other guys who aren't back. I mean, Butler was out, but he's been back for a while now. But Dragic has been out. I haven't looked at all at his timeline. Maybe you know what it is. Um, But if they drop one of those games and they're gassed, you know, could they lose to a Philly? Obviously in Philly, could this be a 2-2 and trip? Of course they could. Right. So anything's in play. Or are they going to, like you say, go out there and win four more and go into the break on 26 out of 28? Where is this thing going? I, I
1: think that they can really power through this mentally because they know they've got a break coming. So, you know, jump on it and I don't know what the pandemic and all, if guys are going to hit Mexico or, you know, exactly what's going to happen
0: here. <laughs> George yeah. Niang had a great answer. He said, I do have plans. and says, I don't know what the protocols are, so maybe I shouldn't blurt everything out on the radio. I, I'm going to be in Utah getting tested regularly during the break. It's pretty funny. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Ingalls. And The Joe Ingalls Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. As the longest-serving credit union in Utah, Cypress Credit Union is here to help you with all your financial needs. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future.
3: Hey, yeah! This is The Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic...
0: Time to welcome in our baseball correspondent, Joe Ingalls. Joe, good morning.
2: I'm sure the Sandy Triangle uh, pitch is ready to go.
0: Oh my gosh, Joe, I heard so much about that everywhere I went. I asked one guy, Did you hear that? He goes, How did I not hear that? Every show on your station replayed that. That was hilarious. (laughs) That's all I got all week long. you realize they replayed
2: it because of me, not because of you guys? Uh, Yeah, I think we're pretty aware of that, Joe. (laughs) Which is uh, back to the point of this is my show, and you guys are just uh, a little part of it.
0: Joe... I, you got to give us enough credit here for us to be smart enough. Not very smart. I mean, we're in the media. We're not very smart. Smart enough
2: to get me to come on the show. If it's
0: right? And we know you're more popular than us. We got that part figured out.
1: Yeah, I remember when Joe begged me to come on seven years ago.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, story, Gordon actually denied it or someone. Gordon or someone didn't want to do it. and They were like, oh, Joe, can you just do it? And I was like, all right.
3: And here we are.
1: <laughs> seven years later.
2: What a waste of seven years. <laughs>
1: seven years, three kids, one of whom is American. He's my favorite kid of yours.
2: He is. He got his Australian citizenship and passport. So he is. We cut up his American passport as soon as we got it.
1: <laughs> Still an American, Joe. He can run for president of the United States, and you can't.
2: That would be actually I would I would actually really enjoy that if he did that. That would be the one thing I'd let him do in America.
0: <laughs> president Ingalls.
2: I mean yeah. you got a good chance, right? Anyone can put their hand up and have a crack. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think
1: you gotta be thirty five and be a US uh, native son or or woman. And he
2: is. Jacob Ing Jack yeah. Ingalls. President <laughs> number seventy four.
0: <laughs> you're va- you're vacationing in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, this will shock you, but we have a lot of people who've wanted to uh, talk and tweet and hit us up on Facebook and talk about the, uh, the Laker game. And I'm just curious because, you know, fans look at a game one way, media looks at another, the players and coaches look at it a different way. You probably go into film sessions with Quinn and find out, hey, I don't look at it the same way as Quinn does. But just, uh, it's the Lakers, it's LeBron, we know they were shorthanded. Just what's your takeaway from the win?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Rudy or Donovan said it before the game. I mean, any team that has LeBron on it, regardless of who's around him, has a has a good chance to win um, at some point or, or any point of the year. So, um, well, we obviously we realised um, and we're quite aware that they didn't have their full team, but um, I feel like a part of this year is is going to be that. What's going to happen to us at times. It's going to happen to other teams. There's going to be guys in and out. Um, that's out of our control. Uh, obviously, what we can control is is the way we want to play and the way we want to um, kind of go out there on, on each end of the floor, regardless of who we're playing um, and, and who's in and who's out. And that's the same for, for us as well. If um, I was out for those few games. I feel like we, we played the same way. We lost Donovan and we, we still played the same way. So, um, yeah, we, we realized that. Um, obviously, they went a bit deeper into their probably bench than, than they would normally um, if, if all healthy. And I mean, you can't kind of deny the fact that they were, were short and all-star and uh, whatever he's all first team, I'm sure, at some point or whatever he's done in his career. But um, So, yeah, we, we obviously play who's in front of us. And, and I think, like I said, like with LeBron out there, regardless of who's around him, he, he can make everybody look really, really good um and I think we did a good job of, of making it tough on him and um if he gets going and, and getting guys involved and they're feeling good like i said they can they can still play with anyone so um we didn't come home and pop champagne and act like we it was a it was another game we we got to win um like, like you said we'll we'll look at film and um kind of go through things we can do better and, and things that worked well and um, and get ready for Miami now.
1: So you only played 22 minutes, and obviously given the context of the game, there was no reason for you to play big minutes. Is that a conscious decision by the coaches maybe, since we don't need to extend you with a lot of minutes to maybe not have you play as much? Uh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I
2: think – I mean, I'm not getting any younger um, – and I think this is probably the first year of my career that I've you yeah, but well, I won't even know how to say it, but like being a bit smarter with the, the rest and the, the playing and obviously missing those games. And, um, I've, I've always kind of a part of the resting and missing games and, and stuff like that. I've always, like I've said, and you guys know, I've if, if I'm healthy, I'm going to play. And, um, there's definitely been games that I've probably been more tired, and, and maybe that's a game that I could have sat out. And the flip side of that is, I, I think in my head, if I miss a game, it's going to kill my rhythm for the next game and stuff like that. So, um, being kind of being forced, I guess, to miss those three or four games earlier in the year, I think it just gave me a, a bit more of a, a brighter outlook that if I do need a to play less minutes or sit a game or whatever the situation is, um, it's not the end of the world. Um, again, I'm not just going to sit for, for the sake of sitting just because, but if there's a, a, a plan in place, and, and like last night, like I, I mean, I wasn't, it's not like I was running out there hot either, so Quinn wasn't desperate to put me back in anyway, but um, we've got guys that step up, guys that play well on different nights. Sometimes it's all of us, sometimes it's a few of us. Um, I don't think I personally was playing that well, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a, kind of write it off. Um, for me, I'll look at a few things and get back in the gym and, and obviously get ready. Like I said, get ready for Miami now. But um, yeah, it doesn't. I'm not begging to get back in there and, and try and keep my minutes up or get my points average or whatever. I'm, or whatever the, the idea of other people on the outside thinks. Uh, we won and we got a good win and we were able to get a bit of rest at the end.
0: Quinn has told us in in multiple interview sessions that it's not necessarily the decision a guy makes with the ball. It's the fact that he knows the decision he's going to make as the ball is coming to him. So he can make it quickly, and the defense doesn't get to reset a matchup if you have him in a scramble. And yeah. I watched one of the national analysts last night just really just raving, just lavishing praise on you guys and the way the ball moved. And that was exactly what... Uh, and it was a former NBA player, it was Tim Legler on ESPN, and and yeah. he was talking about, you know, they had possessions that for another team might be their best possession of the night, but they were doing it multiple times down the court. Did you feel like, you said you didn't feel like you played that well, but actually I thought that was one of the takeaways from the game, that there were a lot of possessions that where the ball was moving the right way. Is that true or not?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was more referring to myself, to be honest. Um, but I think we... I mean the way we we play and and stuff like that. We it is tough. It's 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 harder than just kind of walking up and playing ISO and getting an open shot when when you want to get it. And, and we're going to have a lot of possessions. I feel like that the ball moves and goes from side to side. And and there's going to be times we've talked about it. There's going to be times too that we do walk the ball up and run pick and roll with Donovan and Rudy if if that's what's working for us. So um, I mean I, I feel like. We we moved the ball well last night. I think I think um, it took us a while. Um, we we, we end up making I think twenty threes or something like that. Anyway, but um, I don't think it was. We weren't getting them as kind of free flying. It's probably what we normally do. Um, but I think we, like in saying that sounds silly because we still shot forty or something and made twenty or whatever it was. So um, yeah, I mean it's 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 different with every team. I think we're we're as a team as well, seeing so many different defenses and it's hard, probably a little bit harder to, I guess, predict how teams are going to play us because they teams we've, we've, like I said, we've played, we've got gotten played differently so many times this year. So we kind of figure it out, try and figure it out as early as we can in the game and, and figure out how they're playing us. And then obviously trying to attack it. And um, I think that was a big thing from the Charlotte game the other night. Um, Figuring out how they're playing us, and it took us kind of three quarters, and then we made shots and got out and ran, and we were able to obviously get a good win.
1: Speaking of that Charlotte game, I mean, since you are a baseball expert now, there's a phrase in baseball that hitting is contagious. A couple guys get hits, and then it loosens things up, and the next thing you know, you got four or five hits. Uh, They're called runs, Joe. I don't know if you knew that. Five (laughs) or six runs in an inning is is a pretty good inning for any baseball team. Uh, okay, it's, they're not points, they're runs. I'm wondering, do you believe that shooting is contagious? And if you guys make a couple shots and next thing you know, you look at that Charlotte game and it was absolutely unbelievable. So the premise being shooting is contagious, is that something you buy into?
2: Um, yes and kind of yes and no. I, I think um, with our team and it's something we talked about in preseason and, and something that we talked about. Last year uh, off season of like when we had, quite, had got Mike and then we traded for JC and we had a team of um, shooters. We could, we had four guys on the court at all times that could make shots. We used to kind of laugh about like imagine if we were all hot one night. Like imagine if we were all going and we were and we just never kind of got that last year. We were we either didn't have our full lineup with with injuries and stuff, or if we did. I was playing terrible off the bench at the start of the year. Um, then obviously I ended up starting and then Boyan was out and we traded for JC and then Mike had to leave for his baby and there was just a lot a lot going on. So we never really got to, I guess, see what we always kind of envisioned um, having the team that we had. Um, and we kind of talked, it was kind of a, a thing this year too of like, obviously myself knew, like knowing I was going to come off the bench, everyone was healthy having our roles, getting fave back, and just kind of having that group, knowing when we're going in and out, knowing the offense and, and all that a bit more. Um, so if we're all going, it's it's pretty dangerous. And there, there's going to be nights that we are all going and we make X amount of threes, and there's going to be nights that it might be two or three of us. Um, but it's, I, I think for us, a lot of it comes from the defensive end. If we can get stops and get out and run, we have two bigs that can run, and we obviously have four guards out there at all times that can run and space the floor. And uh, I think some of the contagious stuff's come from getting a stop and getting out and running. And if we're all running together um, and spacing the floor the right way when we're running, it, it's a lot easier to, to make those shots and shoot those shots because we're getting really good looks. Uh, um, then you see, I mean, like you, I mean, you see the ball go in, I get more hyped off JC pulling up in transition than I do off my own shot. So when you see other guys being successful and playing well, I think it just gets the, the joy of our group. And um, that's the part I think that you do get a bit of that contagious because like JC is making shots and Fave and Rudy are setting great screens. And then Mike's coming off and hitting threes. And we're so unselfish that he might make two or three, but he'll still make an extra pass at the right time. And, that I have to shoot and, and I make, and they're more happy for me than they are for themselves. So um, it, it's a fun way to play, and uh, I think it's dangerous if, if we're all kind of rolling the way we've been rolling.
0: You talk about all the defenses you've seen, and if there's one that I think frightens Jazz fans, or that they, uh, you know, the defense they respect the most or attacks you and is the hardest to handle, it's the one where the other team commits four guys to stop in three-pointers. They, they're going to match up with anybody who's on the three-point line, no matter what. And if they give up a two, they give up a two. And Donovan was talking about that that has given you guys some problems, but you've worked on some stuff to handle it. How much confidence you have when the team plays a defense like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think early on in the year, they were playing, I mean, for, for years, we've played pick and roll to get downhill and throw lobs to Rudy and then probably hit the corner if the the guy helps in and um <clears throat> we I mean it's just a bit different this year. I think part of it, a big part of it is they're playing Rudy and Fave for the role a lot of the time. Um, which especially early on we were we were getting even more threes because they were I mean Rudy's obviously and an Fave, but Rudy at the start of the game is so dangerous on the rim. I um, mean in pick and roll and stuff. So we've been played that way a lot and I think as the season's gone on, teams are trying to figure out what what hurts us or what slows us down. And um, uh, I mean, I think for us, you, I mean, I don't. You can't stop everything, and I mean, we know that. We go into a game. Hey, we want to do this with LeBron, but we realise he's obviously getting out the ball a lot. There's going to be things that he is really good at, and obviously being the player. And um, so you just try and make it as tough as you can. I think. Yeah, uh, I think there's been a couple of games we've struggled where they've played kind of two-on-two two in the pick-and-roll and then just, just stayed with shooters and we're so kind of locked in and focused on trying to find shooters um, mm-hmm. if we don't have Rudy on the rim that, that we can you can take a minute to, to adjust. And that's what I was kind of saying with the, the Charlotte game. They they were so jam-packed in the paint and it took us a while to realize how, how packed in the paint it was. I mean, it almost took three quarters. I think in the third quarter we made a little run but then to to really get it going in the fourth and and that's going to be the way it is sometimes is we can go into a game and say the Lakers have played defensively like this for 10 straight games, but they might do something different with us because we're a different team to to a lot of teams in this league at the moment. So um, yeah, part of it is going in prepared and, and knowing what they want to do. And then a part of it is, is kind of feeling it out in that first quarter of how they're playing. Like they might be blitzing Donovan, but switching with me and, playing, like, back and dropped with, with Mike. Like, they, there's different things going on all the time. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of the fun part of the game is figuring out the best way that you can help your team or help your team in a situation um, every single night.
1: So since last week, has uh, Donovan reiterated you got no chance?
2: <laughs> we uh, we kind of talked about it those next few days. It's kind of died off a little bit now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we were, yeah, I mean, I'm not changing my stance on it. So you guys all out there, whoever thinks I can't, congratulations. And if you don't, then put a little bit of cash up and I'll uh, happily take it to a beautiful autism <laughs> charity here in, in Utah. So um, I don't know where Donovan's, where Donovan will donate his money if it's the other way around, but I would be happy to pay it if he if he is able to, Whatever, throw the ball at me ten times, um, but yeah, I'll be—I'll uh, take everyone's money. So anyone that wants to be a smart ass on Twitter or whatever, send me your uh, Venmo, and we'll uh, we'll take the money, and and it'll it'll, it'll help a kid uh, a kid get some extra therapy. All
0: right, Joe. As always, we appreciate it. Good luck on the road trip, and obviously, uh, Jazz fans will be watching. This is an incredible role you guys are on.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, there's Joe Ingalls and the Joe Ingalls Show, starring Joe Ingalls with special guest stars DJ and PK. And it is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. Craig Bolerjack, TV voice of the jazz, coming up next, and then Mike Weir, former Masters champ, to talk about Tiger Woods at 930. Stay with us.